You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. If you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, today's episode with Craig Siegel will feel like straight fire. Craig founded Cultivate Lasting Symphony and the CLS podcast after figuring out he was burnt out after a 10-year career on Wall Street. He's been featured in Entrepreneur, MSN, Yahoo Finance, and then some, and he is seriously gifted at helping other people reach their full potential or even figure out what it is in the first place. Today on Thrive, we are deep diving into the power of the mind, how to become more disciplined, and how to model the attributes of the people you look up to most to increase your own confidence and performance in life. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome Craig. There she is. I'm so grateful to be here with you today. I know we're trying to get this to go down for a little bit, I'm a big fan of yours. I was checking out your content and so forth. You have my word. We'll absolutely manufacture magic together here today. I'm excited. You are such a beast. You have such awesome energy. So I'm so stoked for this conversation. All right. So you're the founder of Cultivate Lasting Symphony. You've got the CLS podcast. You've been in Entrepreneur, MSN, Yahoo Finance. And after what, like a 10 plus year career on Wall Street, you went all in on yourself and your own business to create the most possible impact for the most people and never looked back, right? So who's Craig? What's your story now? Introduce yourself to everybody. Wow. What an unbelievable introduction. I got to take it everywhere. <laughs> that was phenomenal. Yeah. All of it's true. I wrote it. So make a long story short, I, I've been on Wall Street for the last 10 years, as you can imagine in New York City, when you're a business owner, it's go, go, go. If you're not going 300 miles an hour, you get run over. And so although lucrative, I just wasn't myself. And, and I, for lack of better words, I, I kind of was miserable, but I didn't realize it until the pandemic, because when the pandemic happened, I shut down my office for two weeks or what I thought would be two weeks, never went back. <laughs> um, and I just put myself in a different frequency. And I asked myself the tough questions. Am I really happy? And the answer was hell no, not even close. I was like, I wasn't myself. I was waking up every day. And don't get me wrong. I give everything I got to everything I do, but I wasn't leaving a mark on this world by any means with my old business. Like it, it was fine. That, that was it. I'm grateful to be a business owner, but I knew I had two weeks. So I, I put myself in that frequency to kind of see what are my passions? What are my purposes? Like, is there anything else out there for me? And then very quickly, once I tapped into that frequency, it was like, of course, You've been obsessed with personal development for the last 10 years. You've used it to grow businesses, to help other people, to run marathons. Maybe it's not just your passion. Maybe it's your purpose. Literally the next day on a run, I pulled over. I bought the domain for CultivateLastingSymphony.com, CLS, which is playing my initials. I thought out this whole three-year vision and I reverse engineered it and I started to get to work. And the rest, as they say, is history. That's awesome. Didn't you also go from like not being able to run a mile without stopping to like four marathons in one year. That's right. 2019 topping out in your hometown of Philly. Holla. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's (laughs) insane. So I feel like right off the bat, 
people are probably listening going, man, Craig's a different breed of human being. So two questions for you. One, what is your morning routine? And two, what is your mindset practice? Because I feel like you have probably got both on lock. Yeah, I'm very disciplined, I'll say, and I'm very big on structure. I know a lot of people don't like that. They like to come and go as they please. For me personally, I can only speak for myself. I need a very specific routine, cross stuff off the list right from the beginning. So I wake up, I journal a little bit, I do my stuff, do a little bit of work and probably listen to a podcast, um, do a little meditation. And then I hit the gym every single day. And then it's on to CLS work for the, for the rest of the day, which could be anything. It could be filming a podcast as a guest, could be filming one of my own, could be doing my mastermind. I could be doing my membership. I could be a, an IG live or a coaching, whatever the case may be. So I'm very like structured and very disciplined in regards to the mindset. It's funny. People always ask me like, how are you so energetic and, and so excited? Truth of the matter is I'm so passionate about what I'm doing with CLS. I love this stuff. I'm obsessed with it. And the truth of the matter is, is I would do this for free, even though it's manufacturing wealth and, and I'm very grateful. I would do like, that's how much I love it. That's how obsessed I am with it. So what's the message here for all the audience that's listening, find what truly sets your soul on fire and pursue that, or at least take a shot at it because then you'll be legitimately passionate and energetic every single day. And when the troubles or challenges do come, because they always do, at least if you're, if you're standing inside your vision, you're still living in a state of gratitude because it's not so bad. It's just a moment in time. Whereas when I was doing stuff I wasn't passionate about, when you have a tough day, it's tough to be so grateful. I'm so glad you mentioned discipline too, because I feel like this is a D word people need to really understand because people look at folks like you or people like me and who are very high energy, very high, highly motivated people and go, Oh, you just, you, how do you feel like it all the time? Or like, what happens if I don't feel like working out or if I don't feel like doing it completely missing the point that like a lot of days, you're not going to feel like anything that's on the list. So what, what do you think helps the most with staying disciplined um, when you are waking up on those days where you're just like, man, I feel like anything, but what I know I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'll I'll give you a perfect example. So two weeks ago, I had surgery on my foot to get a tumor removed, which was misdiagnosed as a ligament sprain. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) Yeah. it, It was a tough day. As you can imagine, I'm just getting used to my new reality with these trusty crutches. As you see behind me, the very next day, I get a call from my pops. My dad, he's like, we're putting the family dog down today. I mean, all this oh. happened in 24 hours. She was 16 and a half. And I don't think I have to tell you, like the audience knows, a dog is a family member. End of story. Especially 16 and a half years. My parents are older. That's like their, you know, that's their baby. So I had to do that back to back surgery, then put my dog down. And then the next day I had to hop on my weekly membership call for my audience, which is growing rapidly. And I've never felt like I didn't want to show up ever since I started CLS. Like I did that next day. I just said to myself, like, I can't be a hypocrite. I got to practice what I preach because I'm always telling my clients and the audience show up messy. If you have to just show up even when it's not pretty. So I showed up and I got to tell you, even just seeing like all my clients faces on the zoom, like it lifted my spirit. It was a beautiful thing. So bottom line is I get to practice what I preach. I love that. Okay. So talk to us about the power of the mind. Cause I know this is like a huge thing for you too. If your mind is the key and you just have to access it and turn it, so to speak, to open the door to your potential, whatever that might be, 
How do you go about really harnessing that and cultivating your best self and your best life with that, where you really feel like you are in control of what you think and how your mind operates? Yeah, the mind is everything. I mean, it'll make you or break you. It's literally everything. So you got to have tools and you got to have strategies just like anything else to make your mind work for you and not against you, so to speak. So number one, for everyone out there that might have a negative thought at any course of the day, I challenge you to cancel that right away and, and be conscious of the negative thought. Don't let it lower your state. Just cancel it. Because if you don't start doing this, what'll happen is it'll continue to resurface and then it'll dip into your subconscious. And then you become conditioned to have those negative thoughts. And typically you get these negative thoughts like right before bed or in the morning where these things start to grow arms and legs. So you want to cancel them out right away. Other tools I use is modeling and anchoring and so forth, where I'll grab attributes from role models or successful people, could be celebrities, athletes, anybody, stuff that they do well. And I'll model some of the attributes. So it takes the thinking part out of it. So any given day, I could cultivate confidence on command. I can elevate my state, which is the most important thing. Because when you're in an elevated state, you're literally on fire. You can't be stopped. It's when you're in a lowered state where you're like looking up at all your problems, so to speak. So you have to condition yourself every single day to combat some of these negative things. But the, the good news is it's just like anything else. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I've talked about that on quite a few episodes already now too. The idea of being able to look at your life objectively and really analyzing the thoughts that come in your head to see yeah. where they come from and actively talking against them if they're not serving you or figuring out if it's a negative thought going to the root of it to figure out where's this even coming from to cancel it at the root instead of letting it fester or letting it impact how you are actually viewing yourself. Because so many times I think we have these, we adopt such a self-critical attitude of ourselves or such a judgmental attitude at ourselves without even realizing that we're doing it because we're not taking the time to step back and objectively analyze what is actually rolling through our heads at any given moment. It's crazy. 100%. I got to ask you because I'm loving this conversation right now. What's a tool that you use also to combat some of those negative thoughts? Oh gosh, good question. Um, so for me, I am probably a little bit too self-aware sometimes. <laughs> so for me, it's not actually that Likewise. difficult to just go right to a, a dialogue with myself. I need to actually pr- usually like stop whatever I'm doing and be in it, be, go into a different place physically um, or blast some, blast some music. That's a go-to get a good workout in. Like I need to do something that I know is kind of like on my list of happy things that get me back to my high vibe state. (laughs) Um, or I honestly, sometimes I just got to write out truths about myself when I'm in a good high vibe place or feeling really confident so that in those lower moments, you can have something to go back to, to kind of remind yourself of, Nope, this is actually the, the point of reality that, that you live in here. So these lies that are coming up in your head, not true. Let them go. (laughs) Wow. That's gold. I'm going to use that myself. It's a good one. Yeah. 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 So, okay. You're big on also helping people tap into their own potential, which is obviously like, I feel like you unlock the mind. Okay. Now next step potential. How far can you take it? How do you think it is that you end up seeing potential in others that they don't even see for themselves? Like, what does that look like for you? Because I know that's probably one of the most fulfilling things, but what is it? What do you, what do you see when you are looking at someone analyzing the potential in them to then help them get to the next level themselves? That's a phenomenal question. If I'm being straight up with you. And it's like, I always, 
one of my flaws, I would say, my biggest flaw is I always look to see the best in people, such good in people. Once in a while, it'll bite you in the ass. But for my clients and so forth, I see what they're capable of. They don't see it because just like a sports car with a governor on it, they don't think they can go past a certain speed based upon their perspective. By helping them like literally turn their head and look at everything from a different perspective, now they're looking at, instead of limitations, opportunities, possibilities, and so forth. And I think that's the greatest thing is perspective is everything in life. And you can only get as far in any endeavor, what you're trying to do, as you believe you can go. Like if you only believe, like if I only believe I can run a four hour marathon, then I'm never going to get to 330. You know what I'm saying? So I have to think big and then also put in the work, but you can't get to a certain point in your career, business, relationship, whatever the case may be. If you don't think it's possible, you have to like be feel worthy and actually see the vision, so to speak. So help people tap into their craft because I don't believe the most successful people, the most talented. I think the most successful people in any endeavor are those that can tap into their magic and potential and fulfill it. And changing people's perspective on what they see possible for themselves is an absolute game changer. For sure. Now I'm curious, do you, have you seen it happen before? Or do you think it's possible where people can set a goal and it accidentally subconsciously becomes a limit in some way where they have this goal set and then they're consistently trying to hit it, not quite hitting it for some reason, can't figure out why hypothetically on paper, they're doing everything they can to get there, but it like somehow becomes a limiting belief or somehow becomes this subconscious cat like cap out that they can't break through is that is that a thing <laughs> or i feel like i read that somewhere or saw that somewhere and there has to be some sort of way to kind of identify that when it's happening and then break past it to not have it be an accidental limit when it should be this cool stretch goal yeah that exactly stretch goal i, I love the way i love that you said that at the end that's what it should be sometimes well a lot of times people play mind games with themselves like can i hit that or is that my cap if i hit that then what so to speak so it's very important that you have like A, B, C, and D goals, so to speak. Like you have the big moonshot, which is doable, but obviously challenging, so to speak, or maybe a little bit more long-term. And then you have milestones, as I like to say, instead of goals, because milestones, it's like you nail it and you know you keep going forward. Sometimes like you just said, like with a goal, then all of a sudden, you know, people stop or they feel like they're capped out at that. And then there's also like this big event, like whether you're running a marathon or some stuff in business, like once you hit a big goal, you kind of get depressed a little bit after. So one way I like to get rid of that is called a milestone. It's a great question that you asked. So if someone feels themselves at a limit and is trying to break past it in the moment, what do you recommend they do? If they're at a limit and they're trying to break past it. Yeah. Like if they're, they're, they're working towards a goal, they're working, working, and then they start to plateau and it, they, it might be because they're afraid of what will happen if they do hit it. And they don't necessarily are, they're not consciously recognizing that in the moment yet, or they're just, they're starting to plateau and not quite hitting it. Is there something that they need to shift or tweak or do in the moment to kind of actually break past it and hit the, hit the mark? Yeah. So in a situation like that, I would go back to tactics and techniques and take the thinking part out of it. Like forget about like how you feel about this specific goal or milestone emotionally. Let's just go back down to why are we here and what do we have to do to get past it? And then it kind of takes away the thinking part out of it because a lot of times, like you just attested, you could think yourself in, but also out. 
of big milestones and so forth. So in a situation like that, you just go back to tactics and techniques, almost like a machine. Yeah, for sure. So for people listening in who maybe are a bit muddled on what their potential actually is, or maybe what their gifts are, what they're best equipped at, like for you, you seemed like you were really hella confident in this is what I'm good at. This is what I love. Like I know it. Um, but maybe there's people listening, or I'm sure there's people listening who are like, oh, I don't really know like where, what my purpose is. I'm passionate about this or this, or I'm okay at this, but like, what can I really harness or where am I really meant to be? Give us some steps for gaining clarity on that personally. If you're trying to turn something that you think you might be good at, or might have a, have some potential at. And really harnessing that into, all right, this is my purpose. This is like what I meant on what I'm put on this earth to do. Yeah. That's a phenomenal question. Cause that's the billion dollar question, right? Like people who have a passion, like I didn't have a passion for quite some time, except when I had that moment in the pandemic, then CLS came to me, then there was no excuses. Cause now I have this idea, but a lot of people just like you just attested to say, but I don't know what my passion is or how do I identify my gifts? So I, I would suggest two things. Number one, I'm a big journaler. I can't journal enough. I would say stop putting pen to paper and start writing down things that you like throughout your life, like things that you've gravitated towards the things that you're passionate about. And at least we can get closer. Another thing I would do is if you have 10 people that are close to you, I would literally reach out to all 10. And I would say, what do you think my gifts are? What do you think I'm really good at, so to speak? And then let's collect some data. You know, there's different ways that you can do this. I know a lot of people, look, for me, for, for quite some time, I didn't know exactly what my passion was. It came to me when I had that moment, but I would definitely journal and I would reach out to people close to you and get their feedback, so to speak, priceless. Mm-hmm. That's so great too, because oftentimes you'll notice the similarities in what people say right away. And that right there could be the clicking moment. Cause like you said, sometimes we're so consumed in our own bubble in our own life that we don't necessarily get that bird's eye view that other people have of us. So you might be totally confused on what you're meant to do. And if like nine out of 10 people who are closest to you are like, wait, you're really good at teaching people how to do things in a very step-by-step well-organized way. You're like, oh, I could probably be a teacher of some sort, or I could probably do something. And then if you also have a passion and you might think it's, you might be thinking, well, how the heck can I monetize this? Or what, what is in this for other people? But maybe you like to knit or like you make really good lemonade or like some totally random thing. And then you have other people in your life going, wait, you should, you're, you have a great way of teaching or you have a great way of sharing with other people. Oh my gosh, you can create like a knitting course or like, there's just so there's that's I think what I think what you said just hits the nail on the head and that kind of helps unlock the potential because it can kind of get your wheels turning in like a, oh I could put this with this and make the magic happen and it's awesome yeah and like the wheels turning right what's yeah. the most important thing is momentum once you get the creative juices going it leads to something else so forth that it puts you in that frequency love that mm-hmm. okay so talk to us too about change because I know that you're someone who believes that change doesn't take long. It just comes down to actually making a decision and making some sort of choice and then having tools to access the results. So talk to us about this, because I feel like especially everything that's happened in the past, what, year and then some, change is probably a, a dirty, scary word yeah, <laughs> for a totally. lot of people, as if it wasn't already before the pandemic. So talk to us about it. Yeah, but see, it's a dirty, scary word, but it could also be a beautiful blessing, right? Depending For sure. on your perspective. So I think that if people really want change, like they have to have this burning desire in them that they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. 
right? Like a lot of people want to get results. Like they want to lose 10 pounds or, or they want to do this. They want to start their online business. But then when it comes down to, are you putting in the work? Well, not really. You know, I'm, I'm not eating very well, or I'm not putting out content to build my audience, whatever the case may be. So they don't want it that bad. So with people like that, number one, get serious about your goals. Like make it very real. Like once I thought of CLS, it, I was so infatuated by taking a real shot at this thing. And of course, there's no guarantee of success, but I knew going back to doing what I was doing, which I didn't like, I, could, I associated that with death. I made it very real. I'm like, now that I have something that I know I'm good at and I could make work, if I don't take a shot at that and I go back, that's as good as death. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> if I go to Wall back. Street again, I will die. <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> so like, and there was a time when I loved Wall Street, I was just burnt out. And it was never really like, my, you know, my, my soul on fire. So once I did that, it, it was a no brainer. I'm associating doing CLS with pleasure. And I had a sense of urgency every single day. I didn't know how long we had with the pandemic and I wanted to get it up and running. So for some people, they just don't want it that bad. Like people say they'll do whatever it takes until you tell them it is what whatever it takes consists of, you know, but here are some tools that you can use. Like with the modeling I spoke about earlier, like if you're modeling, let's just say uh, JLo or Beyonce, I'm just giving an example, like, you know, those women are really confident. They're going to show up. They're going to put out, they're going to put in the work, whatever the case may be. So it takes away the thinking aspect out of someone that may be insecure or lack confidence or desire. And then you can put yourself in those women's frame. And then all of a sudden you're going to respond similar to how they would. And this is like, it's a tool to use to get better results when you're not there yet. I use the same thing when I first got to Wall Street, when I tap into my inner James Bond 007, because I needed confidence at a time when I didn't really have any when I was, you know, a fish out of water, 21 years old, so to speak. So modeling and tools like that, you can kind of get out of your comfort zone. But at the end of the day, you got to have like that, that burning desire. You have to want change. Like it's hard to convince someone to want to change. Like you can, what's the expression? Like you can bring the horse to the well, you can't make them drink it. Like people have to want it in their soul. They have to have a sense of urgency. Like we're not going to be here forever. We don't get a sequel at this thing called life. Like you got to want it. Mm -hmm. I think that's so true. And we, I think you often, I've seen it where people are really uncomfortable in their state of life, but the the, the discomfort becomes too comfortable where people are not really liking the state that they're in, but the idea of change feels more uncomfortable than the state that they're in right now. So they're like, ah, I'd, I'm miserable, but like, I'd rather be miserable than risk being maybe more miserable. <laughs> if I don't know what's, if there's not this guaranteed positive result coming to me at the end of the day. So it's like an interesting, uh, caveat there, but I think that's so true. Okay. So question also about modeling, how do you recommend people a try modeling without it becoming trying to copy someone else's success or without it being something where your confidence is not being built on something that feels inherently you and is instead being like channeled through modeling somebody else. Yeah. So this is some pretty deep stuff, but it's also pretty simple and so effective. And the best part is it's a lot of fun in your journal. I would start with five names of people that you hold in high regard in any walk of life. Could be your dad, could be Arnold Schwarzenegger, could be Michael Jordan, whoever the J law, right? Whoever the case would be on the left side, you write the names and on the right side of the page, just list three adjectives to describe them 
of skills that they have that if you utilized would enhance your success. So for example, for me, I'll go back to the 007 one, the James Bond, assertive, confident, um, ballsy, for lack of better words, like that guy would go up to a girl at the bar and not care what she was going to say. He wouldn't be scared of rejection, like on the phone, like making a sales call. He would walk with a swagger. If I was using Arnold Schwarzenegger from his prime, I would say visionary, work ethic, you know, stuff like that. And just to be clear, like this doesn't mean that you have to like the person. It just means that they do something well that if, if you took and borrowed some of those attributes, you would do something well. Like I even modeled like a UFC fighter that's very controversial, Conor McGregor in the past when I was training for my marathons. Doesn't mean I like everything about him. Let me be very clear. But certain things that he did when he was coming up with his work ethic, I really appreciated. And also at the end of the day, I still go to bed and I'm Craig Siegel. Like you would still be Erica. We're just simply borrowing attributes that these humans possess that makes them great in certain areas. And it takes away the thinking aspect of it. It's very deep, but it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Kind of building off of that, what would you say to friends listening who might be battling some sort of serious imposter syndrome before they begin? Or maybe they feel like they have the running resume of personal successes, um, but or they don't necessarily have this like all of the personal successes that kind of logically validate who they want to be or who they think they could be but they need to be able to break free from this imposter syndrome and start to make something happen. Where do they, where do they begin? I would tap into the modeling immediately because then you're not worried about you being an imposter because you're modeling someone that's already done. It takes Mm -hmm. away those limiting beliefs. That's why this stuff is so powerful. Like I'll give you an example. When I started CLS a little over a year ago, I had 300 Instagram followers. I had no social media presence. Although I've adapted confidence over the last decade by studying NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, I was never a public speaker, so to speak, right? And so I had to start making all these, doing IG lives and like making inspirational videos and putting them out there to build my audience so I could start selling out masterminds and coaching programs. And so I had a little bit of the imposter syndrome. So I would model my inner Freddie Mercury from Queen, from the, specifically the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. At the end, I don't know if you've ever seen it. He's on yep. fire. He Love can't be stopped. Yeah. And his band's looking at him like, not you know, this guy's got it today. And so I would just like, that guy was so confident in that moment. It's arguably one of the greatest performances in the history of concerts. So I would do that. And then all of a sudden, I had no imposter syndrome because I would be thinking the thoughts that I thought he would be thinking when he was on stage, super confident. This is he's a gladiator. This is his arena. He feels very comfortable in it, so to speak. And so it eliminates all the limitations that we self-impose on ourselves, such as imposter syndrome and stuff like that. Such an effective tool modeling. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, in wrapping things up, I want to ask you something I ask every guest on Thrive, and that is what does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Yeah. Thrive to me means to flourish to succeed, to move forward, um, to be on fire for lack of better words, right? Like when I think of people that are thriving, I think of the opposite of people that are just coasting, right? Some people, like you said earlier, like they're in a miserable job, but that's better than being in possibly a more miserable job or possibly something great. They're just coasting. Like if you're thriving during the pandemic, like you made stuff happen, like you went to work, you got gritty, 
right? You have resilience, you're pushing forward and stuff like that. So I love the word thrive. I love everything that you're about. And that's what the word means to me. Love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us where we can find you online for folks to connect with you more. Yeah. So I hang out the most, I would say on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Also on Facebook, Craig Siegel, the website, cultivatelastingsymphony.com and the record setting CLS experience podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I can't wait to have you on my show as well. This was so much fun today. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.